Hello, my name is Emily Riley. And I'm Bree Boyton. And this is the Under Construction Podcast put together by students at a private liberal arts college in Pennsylvania on our course of gender, sex, and politics of the body. And we want to talk about these issues with you. So feel free to use the hashtag Under Construction Podcast hashtag on Twitter to ask us questions, comments, or just say how you feel about the podcast. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter using the Under Construction Podcast uh, Twitter handle or online at underconstructionpodcast.com. So thank you for listening, and today we're going to talk about women's and mothers' kind of rights to their bodies. Um, all of these opinions are our own. They are not reflective of the college or the class's uh, views or anything else. These are all our own opinions nothing to do with the class or the college. So with today's topic of women's bodies and the ways that they are restricted um, in a variety of ways in American society, um, we can just start start off talking about how women are essentially taught from birth the way that they should act and behave and look. the way that they're surveilled by society, by society and the ways that they are aware of that and are self-conscious and made to be um, almost hyper aware of what they're doing and what their bodies uh, physically look like and um, the mannerisms and ways that they behave. Um, it's just written into our scripts, into our daily lives so much that we don't even notice it anymore. Yeah, we kind of just, a lot, well, although a lot of people are, like, fighting back against these now, they've kind of been so accepted for so long that they've just become, like, social norms that we do have to challenge rather than, like, a path that, like, one person could follow. Kind of, like, instead of being an option, it's just kind of a lot of these topics and a lot of these, like, ways that women are controlled in society is by society. Like, it's not explicitly written, but you really have no choice. Mm-hmm. And you see it a lot in media um, with the way that we say Disney princesses are kind of the epitome of beauty and the standard to live up to. um, And every little girl should want to play with dolls that resemble um, these princesses that they see in um, the biggest kids network. Um, (laughs) Every few years they put out a new movie or a revamp of the same Um, skinny white princess who can sing and is flawless and loves wearing dresses Um, it's just something that we're taught ever since we're little to um, want to strive for yeah and I mean it's even before these children are born they're kind of forced into a gender norm when you have it's so popular now to have those like gender reveal parties where it's like oh pink balloons oh it's gonna be a girl um when honestly what you're really revealing is the sex of your baby not your baby gender and like you kind of before the child's even born you're like yep girl pink feminine has to follow all of these social norms even before they're like in the world already they kind of have a path that's set for them Mm -hmm. and it's always been interesting to me that the very first thing that's said when the child is born isn't oh it's a healthy baby or yay they're here it's always it's a girl or it's a boy 
and your gender is the first thing noticed about you. It's not, oh, baby uh, Jem is here, and um, it's always about the gender, and as they're growing up, um, it's the it's hidden in the ways that we talk to the kids and about the kids um, that contribute to the way that they're socialized to act and behave and look. Yeah, you really get, like, no choice there. <laughs> they kind of are born, and it's just, oh, here's your girl. Like, she's... And I feel like you always see, like, in movies and stuff when, like, someone has a child. I mean, like, I haven't been there to watch somebody give birth, but it's like, you have a sweet little baby girl or, like, look at this healthy, strong baby boy. Like, it kind of... Mm-hmm. Obviously, I don't know how accurate this is in the labor and delivery room, but even in media, it's kind of like delicate girl baby tiny versus like healthy strong boy mm-hmm. and it's pretty evident in the ways that we raise our girls um that the main goal for them is to be mothers in the end um we start by giving them pink and then giving them baby dolls and we don't see this kind of socialization of the boys Um, It's just something we see with girls where um, when you're three, you're given a baby doll and you're told to take care of it just like you would um, a real baby. And as you grow up, you see more and more images of um, the glory of motherhood and you're sent these not even subconscious or unconscious messages about how being a mother supersedes all other roles that you're ever going to have and even your job isn't going to be as important as it is to be a mother in your life yeah i mean when you think about like the toys that we give like young girls it's like a baby and a stroller and a kitchen or like and you just kind of give them small animals and you're like oh like you have to raise this like make sure you take care of dolly um versus like so they kind of really have no choice. Like you start teaching them at such a young age um, that they really don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with like male children, you kind of get, oh, like here's like an army toy. You should be like defending it. You should fight. You should be this. Um, or like construction toys or yeah. a fire truck. And it usually has to do with their potential jobs. Mm-hmm. It's kind of strange that like we teach young girls that like their job is to be a mother not to be like whatever the hell they want to be themselves Mm um and I feel like this kind of changed now where people are like oh make less gendered toys and like gender what they call like gender neutral colored toys which is really helpful Mm -hmm. but it's really not so mainstream that it really is an option for a lot of parents um and I feel like that's also kind of effective is like if you go into the store as a parent that's like what you see or even like as a child like what you see targeted towards you mm-hmm. tends to fall in that masculine feminine mother father like binary mm-hmm. um yeah and you're too young to really know like the implications of that and so if you walk into a toy aisle and your mom says this is the girl toy aisle and this is the boy toy aisle um you, you start to internalize it, it. you yeah. don't really think critically at that point um what this means and why I'm being told to be a mom and why I should look up to my mom and why little boys are being told that they can be anything they want to be. 
Yeah, and it's interesting that we kind of raise these children this way. Like, there's no really leniency. I feel like, luckily, like, my parents kind of really didn't care what I played with. Part of it was because we didn't have a lot of money to buy the, like, gendered-specific toys and, like, pretty, pretty princess toys. Like, my parents just kind of got secondhand what they could get. And as long as I wasn't falling apart, I would play with it. So, like... Mm -hmm. I think thankfully I kind of didn't fall under that but I feel like my sister who's six years younger than me at that point like all like everybody I guess I was old enough to notice when she was younger that like everybody was buying her the like Barbie dolls or the Polly Pockets Mm -hmm. that were really popular and I was like oh I didn't get those like how come she gets to play dress up all day with like the American Girl dolls and the Bitty Babies kind of thing um and I think that definitely, like, kind of, a, like, if you look at me versus my sister, she's a lot more feminine. Obviously, there's a lot more into it, but she kind of played with toys being the mother of her toys versus mm-hmm. I just played with whatever I could play with kind of thing. Right. So I think we can see from all of the different messages that these little girls are being sent that um, we really value women being mothers when they grow up and that's seen as their one primary role um their first and foremost um goal in life should be to get married and have kids and raise them and that is seen as the primary job that a woman should have before any other goals um So basically from a young age, these young girls are kind of taught that they only have like really two life options that they can either become a mother and follow a lot of the social norms that society is currently still pushing on women, or they can choose not to become a mother and do whatever the hell they want basically and just kind of break those norms. Um, But women kind of get a lot of pushback for that still of like, not being a mother or like not being married and kind of just not following what society sees a woman today as um i feel like it's it's a little difficult because like there are so many people fighting against these socially constructed ideas now and like letting people have more freedom and like do whatever the hell they want um but a lot of society legally and the media and just in general is still kind of trying to tell those women that are doing what they want that they're wrong Mm -hmm. and that they're like deviant and for women who don't want to be mothers there's a lot of barriers if they do happen to become pregnant um, or if they want to prevent pregnancy they're still prevented from doing so Um, it's hard to be sexually active in today's age and um and just kind of like people see anybody young being sexually active as like deviant and bad and you shouldn't be doing that um and I mean they kind of make it the woman's kind of job Mm -hmm. to make sure that even if you are sexually active that you're not getting pregnant or that you're trying to prevent pregnancy kind of thing Um, I mean, like, all these forms of birth control, like the diaphragm or the patch or the implant or just oral contraceptives are all marketed towards women. Mm -hmm. And they're not always easy to gain access to versus condoms, which are marketed towards men, are easy to get. They're pretty cheap. They're 
Um, like most college campuses, they're free. You can kind of get them anywhere. They're super accessible compared to some birth controls, which can take months to actually obtain in certain countries and can also be really expensive. And not to mention, you could also be barred from getting them um, when you go to pick them up at the pharmacy if there's a pharmacist who has a religious reason or just a personal reason, maybe against your age for um, trying to get this birth control. There's just so many barriers um, to preventing the pregnancy and then um, not only is that put on the woman but also the consequences um, are put on the woman as well. Yeah, and I mean, you can be barred from picking up a birth control prescription, but nobody is, can object to you buying condoms. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just kind of, it's such a double standard of, like, women shouldn't be allowed to be having sex kind of thing, versus, like, men should be having sex, but they should be having safe sex. Right. Um, and, like, it's often, it's even, sometimes it's not even about sexual activity. Like, a lot of women are on birth control for hormonal reasons, like, for their own body. Mm -hmm. And to say that, like, you can't have this even though I know like even though it's not for sexual activity reasons is kind of insane Definitely. Um, it's also that just like a lot of health insurance plans now are making it more and more difficult to get birth control they're making it more expensive where you have to wait a longer period you have to be approved every six months by a doctor and if it's so difficult even to just try and prevent pregnancy it's kind of like that just kind of sets the standards of like how difficult it's going to be for a woman at any point in her life related to any part of like reproduction and like having children it's just this crazy like cycle i guess where you're told your whole life that you should be a mother but then you shouldn't be a young mother yeah. <laughs> and so you want to prevent it but then you're unable to prevent it because of all of these barriers um, and all of that pressure is being put on you to prevent a pregnancy. And then if you do get pregnant, um, it's not socially acceptable to terminate the pregnancy. But if you're unable to care for the child and you go through with the pregnancy and you have it and you're unable to care for it, that's still your fault. And it's just this crazy cycle of it's always the woman's fault and you didn't follow society's path for you, so you should be penalized for that. Yeah. in any way possible. I mean, even like, I'm 21, I'm an adult, I can drink alcohol, I could buy a house if I wanted to, like, I could have a family, and I've been denied birth control by a pharmacist, mm -hmm. and I'm not on birth control for sexual reasons, like, I need it for my health, and that's, like, kind of insane that they're like, no, you should just be, like, sick, or if, it, if I were on it for sexual reasons, oh, you should just get pregnant, like, it's fine. I don't know, it's kind of crazy that were deemed adults at this age mm -hmm. but you still don't have control over your body and you're kind of don't really get it eventually it's all about regulating the body because um one of the arguments against well why do you need birth control you can just be abstinent you can just <laughs> not have sex that's taking away the bodily autonomy of a woman because men are never penalized for having sex but women have to face all of these different barriers just to have their own social and sex life. Um, even going out alone and um, 
in that way that they're socialized and socialized to be on their guard and to look their best and to behave their best and don't get raped because that'll be your fault. Yeah. Um, there's just so many regulations of women and if you don't follow the restrictions that society tells you to do, then it's your fault, whatever happens to you. Yeah, and I feel like it's insane. Like, women really don't have rights to their own body at this point right now. Like, it's kind of, yeah, it's your body, but you need to follow these rules. As long as you, like, what you're doing falls within our okay, safe, like, approved category, like, it doesn't matter what you do, but that category is so small that it really does. Like, it's, you have no right, basically. And it's, it's getting scarier with all of these rollbacks um, under the Trump administration. Um, the birth control um, accessibility rollbacks as well as um, abortion bans and regulations there. Um, it's just becoming scarier to think, how do I be an autonomous woman in this world if... Um, no matter what I do, there's going to be someone trying to prevent me from living the life I want to live. Um, I had a lot of friends even after the 2016 election when they realized that a lot of Republicans had gained power and that like things were just changing in the government, especially about like women's bodies. Like I had so many friends who went out and got IUDs that last like 10 years because they're literally afraid that they won't have the right to it soon or that they won't be able to afford it because their insurance won't allow them. And I think that's kind of insane that like, at, I think I was like 18, 19, I had friends planning for when they were 30 because they really had no idea what the rights to their own body was gonna be in a few years. And that's scary to think that in 2018, women still feel in America that they don't have these rights to live and live the way that they want yeah you kind of have to always be like protecting yourself from losing those rights mm -hmm. like you always have to be one step ahead of like okay what happens if i do get pregnant and i can't have an abortion like what am i gonna do and like the thought of that shouldn't really be in your mind when like you still have the option to take birth control but it is because it's such a fear that like women's rights are just going to be so decreased in the future. Mm -hmm. And I think we view the 1970s as so far removed from what could happen today, but honestly, the protection of Roe v. Wade is <laughs> up in the air. Yeah. Um, our right to our own bodies could be revoked or... Um, rolled back in some ways and it's just scary to think that we've come so far only to have it all kind of crumble down around us um that it could kind of disappear at any moment yeah i mean back when abortions were legal and you had to like pay an extreme amount of money to do it secretly and illegally or leave the country there were millions of unsafe unregulated and illegal abortions happening and that could be happening in the united states in the future and like that's kind of insane that we could like america likes to see itself as like one of the like forerunners for like everything like we're the best country we do all of this but our women don't have rights <laughs> right and 
no matter what they do to Roe v. Wade or the legislation around abortion, women are almost always going to need that as an option if there's all of these preventions, um, if there's all of these restrictions in place surrounding um, contraception. Yeah. So people are still going to need abortions. It's just going to be a matter of how safe they are when they do find someone to perform one. Or some, some women have to go as far as performing them on themselves. themselves. And it's just scary to think that America in 2018 has women this afraid for their own safety. Yeah, I mean, it's literally going back in time. Like, there are some states effectively bringing themselves back to, like, the 1800s with their laws against it. I mean, like, if you're not going to give preventative care, you should give, I guess care after that I mean it's kind of like it's kind of insane Mm -hmm. um I mean some states are literally taking away every right even like there's no exceptions Mm -hmm. versus like like if you are like 13 and you were to get raped by somebody and you were pregnant like you would have to keep that child and that's so emotionally and physically and just like psychologically damaging to somebody that to not give them that option Mm -hmm. to force them to carry that child is like changing their whole life. I know with the most recent um, election, certain states aren't allowing exceptions for cases of rape or incest. Um, Or even danger to the mother's health. Right, which is, all of that is very scary to think about. Um, Yeah, it just so many states now are becoming so restrictive that they're kind of forcing people like women back into that category of you have to be a mother you have to have your children you have to take care of them Mm -hmm. like it really they're taking away any person any individual's right to not follow the social norm of like having two and a half kids and a white picket fence and taking care of your children all day right um and it's even like because it does take two to have a child, it's also restricting, like, men's lives because they are, like, in most cases involved in that. Like, it really is just kind of restricting everybody, but it does really affect women and people who identify as women kind of thing. Right. When you are pregnant, there's so many opinions from different people about what you should be doing with your body and whether or not you should be exercising or if you should eat this or if you shouldn't, um, whether or not you should have alcohol or whether or not you should um, be going to work still or being on your feet still. And it just seems that everyone has an opinion about um, how you should be taking care of your pregnancy, how you should be giving birth, and then even after um, the baby's born and is there in the world, you're still... um, given all of these opinions from doctors, um, family members even, about what you should or shouldn't do for your child. And it's just crazy that it seems like your entire um, childhood and like adolescence is all about, this is how you become a great mother and like this is what you should be doing and this is what you should strive to become and be great at. and then there's all of these different ways that society says, no, you're doing it wrong, and you can't do it that way. And so it's just such limited, um, such a limited scope of what you can and can't do as a woman. Yeah, I mean, I feel like 
women when they are pregnant they're always being asked like oh are you doing this for your baby are you doing this like what diet are you on what are you not doing and even like I feel like from what I've experienced it's so much like your family questions like every decision you make which is like insane when you think about your having this like life-altering event and everybody else wants their input in it I mean like my parents even argue talk about how like my grandmother was mad my mom was eating certain food and my mom was like well it's, it says like it's safe and my grandmother's like no 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 you really shouldn't though mm-hmm. like even when it's like your own body there's still outside societal forces that are like trying to like influence you on how you do that one thing oh yeah um one of the things i've seen the most criticism come from is um whether or not to breastfeed after oh. you have your child um because everyone has an opinion about whether or not you should do it and how often and whether you can mix it with um, bottle feeding. And I see this um, with my new niece and her mother. Um, she can't breastfeed just because it's painful for her and she doesn't want to and that should be you know, a viable decision. Um, but everyone has something to say about it, um, about the health of the baby and your health and why your health is like that. and all of these different opinions that no one asked for um, because it's your body and it's your choice whether or not to do something like that. Yeah, I feel like with breastfeeding, I always hear, or like you see in the news, like it's either, oh, like why are you only breastfeeding your baby? You should be doing both or like you should be doing the other one and then it's like, oh, why are you only bottle feeding? Like breastfeeding is so much better. You should be doing like there's never, oh, good job. You're doing a great job feeding your child. Like there's always an opinion on it. The other thing I see with breastfeeding is whether or not women should be allowed to do it in public. And that whole controversy shouldn't even be a controversy uh, for so many reasons. And it's it all relates back to controlling women's bodies. Um, if a woman needs to feed her baby and keep it alive, she should be able to. That's just my personal opinion. Um, that she should be able to feed her baby no matter where she is and not feel ashamed or be pushed into a dirty bathroom. And it's just funny to me how the health of the baby is the main concern when it comes to abortion and like pro-life arguments and all of these different things. But then when it comes to something as simple as feeding that child, it's it comes into question. Um, whether or not a mother should be able to do that right then and there. And it's so, it's just so about like a woman hiding her body. And you know, if somebody were to say like, oh, why is your baby crying? Oh, my baby's crying because he's hungry, but I breastfeed and I can't breastfeed here because no one accepts it. I mean, people would judge you horribly for that. But then if you were to breastfeed in public, people would also horribly judge you for that. Mm -hmm. It's just such a like strict world, but Mm-hmm. I don't know, there's just no options for women, really. Yeah. It doesn't matter like, what you want. It's like you're sexualized so much that breasts can be in magazines, on billboards, on the TV. Like, everyone knows what they look like, and you're only allowed to consume them in the ways that we allow them to be. So we only allow them to be sexually consumed rather than just like casually seen in public or seen in the context of a baby needs her mother's breast milk um 
it's just all about sexualizing the female body and putting up ways to prevent her from using it in ways that she needs to or wants to. Um, yeah, she's very controlling of kind of every aspect of life. And it's kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's kind of interesting when you compare it to everybody always brings it back to like women should have what the 14th Amendment protects, which is like life, liberty, and property. And you take that away from people, I think, when you kind of take away what they can do to their own bodies. Yeah. Bodily autonomy should be included in the idea of liberty and... Just life. Yeah. <laughs> Living the way you want to, behaving the way you want to, as long as it's, like, legal and moral. Like, it's pretty moral to feed your baby, <laughs> I would say. Um, but for some reason, breasts are seen as this taboo. No person should be able to see that. Um, it's just crazy what we put behind doors, but then other things are so out in the open and it's just it just seems backwards yeah and it seems that like i feel like now whenever i see cases like that in the media it's always women kind of being hidden from the public or just like not having their like voices heard you know what i mean mm -hmm. and it just seems recently that it is a problem we need to address because it is becoming like a huge problem in the united states mm -hmm. So now that we've talked about how society and individuals try to insert themselves and their opinions into the ways women become mothers, we're going to talk about how this doesn't really stop as these children start to get older. It continues through these women's lives all the way through the rest of their lives, really. Mm -hmm. So all of the childcare, um, when you typically think of childcare, you just think of like that motherly figure who's there watching over the children, cleaning it up after the children, um, the soccer mom taking everyone in their minivan to practice. And we're somewhat seeing a shift in like the rise of stay-at-home dads and um, more involved co-parenting and things like that, uh, different family structures than the typical uh, nuclear family model. But there's still that double day idea of um, women that work and have children go to work they do the same eight hours as everybody else and then they come home and they have to do the laundry and they have to clean up after their kids and the house and they have to um, go to all of the school events for their children and they have to make sure their kids are fed and well dressed and everything and their day isn't done when the work is done it just continues um, and that's that idea of the double day for women, um, but getting none of the credit for it um, and still being expected to be the one to take on the majority of the housework and uh, the kids care. Um, it's, I mean, it's kind of crazy. It's like you, I don't know, I feel like recently there's been more of an uptick in like house husbands or like stay at home dads, but like when you're younger you just kind of expect that like your mom will take care of everything and I mean I feel like it's even impression into the children mm -hmm. it creates this kind of like never-ending cycle of like growing up and expecting that 
like we said, like you kind of were raised as young girls to believe like, oh, my job is to be a mother and my job as a mother is to take care of my family and my home and everybody even while working. And when you kind of grow up that way, a lot of people feel kind of stuck in that or they follow that traditional path. I mean, when I was in high school, I had girls who were like going to college and said, they were like, oh, I'm just going for my MRS degree, which is I'm literally just going to find a husband so that like they could start families right away. And it kind of shows that like you really, most people kind of are forced into that one path of motherhood and childbearing. Yeah, I remember asking my mom when I was very young um, why she did, like why she cooked dinner every night and like why my dad was just on the couch like watching TV and things like that. Um, and her answer was just that it's always been done this way. Um, and she had raised three kids at that point. Um, and she had always taken on the bulk of the housework, the bulk of the cooking, the cleaning. And it's just, you don't even think about it. Um, it's just something instilled in you that this is what I should be doing. This is my role as a mother. I took this on, so I have to do the work. And the idea of fatherhood isn't even really talked about besides on Father's Day. Um, you never really hear anything about, oh, well, where was the father in that situation? Or um, even the term like teenage fathers, like you hear teen mom thrown around all the time, but you never hear teenage dad thrown around. It's not even a phrase that we like consider because we view childcare as the, the woman's job. The woman's job, yeah. So in this podcast, we only briefly touched upon one of the many, many ways that women are kind of controlled by not only society, but law and just kind of everybody's expectations. This is a very small portion of the way that women are controlled. And it just kind of really goes to show how real this is in the United States and that it's a real issue that women are facing every day. Yeah, we mainly focused on the aspect of whether or not you become a mother and what that means for your life. But... Um, these kinds of social stigmas and social expectations as well as a lot of legislation um, being talked about today that we have today and that's kind of being um, put in question um, with this recent election. Um, it just goes to show how much of women's choices with their own bodies and their own lives um, are restricted and regulated and controlled by society. They're not able to do what they So thank you for listening to us talk about women's bodily autonomy and how it is limited in today's society. Um, tweet us any questions or comments or anything using the hashtag under construction podcast. Um, we want to just remind everyone that these opinions are our own and not of the class professor or school at all. Uh, thank you for listening.